Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Radical Ones, to another Radical Retro Rewind podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hunter. I'm joined by co-host Rob, and we are doing Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Hi, everybody. I'm back. I'm happy to be back on this uh, journey through Jason. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed Holes from last week. If you guys are following the podcast on my summer camp tour. But yeah, that was my first watch and it was a definite interesting movie. But now I'm back on here to talk more Jason. I'm still wondering what the holes pertain to. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's based on a book and I believe the same writer came in to write the film and and stuff yeah we we definitely talk about it but yeah it's based on a book it's based on a book okay that was holes but now tommy is gonna be opening some holes of his own by digging up jason and bringing him back to life
Now, Rob, we have seen two Tommy Jarvises. I know we already spoke about our Tommy, but Thomas Matthews as Tommy Jarvis. I have to say on this rewatch, I don't mind him as much as Tommy. Okay. I mean, he he's a he's a lot less intense than our middle Tommy. So, and he's definitely easy on the eyes for sure. Of course, of course. That also helps. While it may not officially connect to the ending that we got in part 5, but it's clear that he is in an institution. But I don't know if it's established in this one did he escape or was he released? I got the feeling he did escape almost with his fellow inmate or either that or they were just, they just had stayed friends since after. Because they mentioned again, yes, like Rob saying that he has been in the institution. So we get another one of those Friday the 13th fake out endings where it looks like Tommy's doing one thing and it really, no, it just means nothing. Well, the other thing is, is that in part five, he has that, or, you know, Pam has has that dream or whatever and he has oh no no this is after the dream she, she walks in and he's you know holding the knife and he has the hockey mask on so tommy is already in possession of the hockey mask how did he get this mask because our copycat had a different hockey mask right right so how did he get this one did he have it the whole time what's going on so that was a little confusing for me the other thing is i i love it too so he opens up the casket and that rage pops out from part five he just takes takes a rod and starts stabbing him clearly he's pissed off about his family totally get it but while everybody loves this tommy this man has fucked it for everyone else anybody who dies from this point on is because of this man right here and the fact that he can't let go i don't know if therapy didn't work for him or he's not supernatural at this point and yes he dealt with the copycat in the in the next one right his mental state got everyone killed because he couldn't leave rest alone like i i feel bad for it but this is a very interesting thing about mental health is the fact that he is so obsessed with finishing him off whatever even that means burning him like is going to help him with the hallucinations and and the visions and all of this stuff that he's getting it's not going to help and he went there and dug up this man and caused this man to come alive now clearly he didn't know that was going to happen but at the same time in this world he fucked it for everybody you know damn horror movie lightning and thunder that came at the perfect point with that pole hanging into Jason. I don't know how there was anything left to reanimate because we get amazing shot of Jason in that coffin with every insect, maggots, cobwebs. But Tommy, when he's doing his die, die, die part two, a flashback, like you said, to a kid, that body looked like it became, it was a paper bag. It looked like it shredded. So that was insane. But you're so right, Rob, because... I would have said if he would have did this years ago, let's just say right after Jason died, burn the body. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yes. But but I get it. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting what you and David were talking about with Tommy. It's like everybody thinks he's crazy now because he went all machete. But this is what a smart person does. You don't just hit them once and call it a day. You hack them to pieces till they can't be recognized. Like, this is what this man did. And I'm sure that definitely caused some trauma, but I just think... Oh, definitely. I can't imagine, like, the trauma. And there must be something, I would say, seeing him there, seeing that Jason isn't 
isn't getting up anymore at that point. Maybe seeing a rotting corpse might do something for him that, okay, yes, he's not coming back this time. But damn it, Tommy. Damn yeah. it. This, I mean, because Jason's reign doesn't end. I fa- I does. keep saying it, the space. So this is in the future. He's still going strong. All because of Tommy. Just let's congratulate him. Round of applause. But I will say this, this entire scene of him crawling on the ground, ducking and diving from lightning, those jeans were on point. He got them Levi 31s. I like that was amazing. I got it. His ass was prime. Like, it's so many good, well shots of it, too. While he was, like, ducking and diving this man, he looked great. He looked great. But I love how, like, it rains so he can't light the matches. Like, it's just so funny. It's just so funny. And poor, like, his friend, this dude was like, can we go? Like, I'm ready to get out. And I love that he came back for him because I thought that he had left and just left him to die. But he came back and tried to help him. I thought that was very sweet. It didn't get him any but it was nice that he was a good friend yeah but this ambiance i gotta say again classic horror movie ambiance and why wasn't jason's body unmarked grave yeah this man should not be allowed to be known like this story i'm sorry after how many movies did we get to how many people did this man kill this had to have gotten out even if you keep things hush hush and clearly we see in this movie it did get out to the point that they renamed uh you know the town and camp crystal lake and everything so why give this man the jason lives here Voorhees, beetlejuice sign that yeah because kids could have dug this body up even as a prank or satanic people or anything. I mean, it sounds crazy, but we've seen yeah. enough horror movies. Well, <laughs> so we we get this indication that Jason now being reanimated comes with a bit of perks. Jason yes. now is superhuman strength now. He's, he's very strong, but I love the fact that Jason is unaware of it. Like, <laughs> he punches Tommy's friend and the heart immediately comes out, but Jason looks super surprised like oh my god i just did this wow crazy yes. and you know like all the theatrics happen yada yada um did you love the james bond intro that he got thank you uh, <laughs> thank you so much I-, I looked later that this is intentional but how does this fit i love it because of the cheesiness and the 80s of it but what the f- like so that's the thing we this is a clear indication at that point that you're going to get a different Jason movie from here on out and that it, it's going to be a little tongue-in-cheek now. So what do you think about the change in tone with how they did Jason this this time around? What did you, did you like uh, the cheesiness that you saw? You know, I don't want to spoil anything for the last episode, Rob, but is part six becoming one of what? my favorites? What? what? Really? Oh my god. I never okay. in my life. So take me life. through. So take me through this. What about this one that you like that makes it a favorite now? Okay, so I love that continuity of hearing Corey Feldman again, the voiceover of Die, Die, Die. But like you said, I feel this new energy with this sequel. I think the comedy aspect, and it's not like ho 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 kind of comedy, you know, it's not like a jokey comedy, but the tongue in cheek, the characters felt more real 
real. Like the teenagers, the girls that were working at the camp. There was something about this. It felt energized just as Jason was electrocuted himself. And honestly, maybe it's because, you know, we grew up on the tail end. Like when we were conscious enough to know what Jason is, we knew him as this unstoppable killing machine. Maybe it's just that, you know. Unstoppable. (laughs) Yes. Um, but there's something about this chat, and I love the way it was filmed, honestly. Like, I would have loved to have seen this in 1986, well, the year after I was born, but in theaters at Halloween. Oh my god, I would have loved this. That's so cool. I'm glad, I can't believe I'm glad you enjoyed it. I personally would not have liked this type of cheesiness. Like, if you're gonna do it, do it like Manhattan or do it like Jason X. The level of cheesiness i think in this one was like i'm gonna throw it in but we're still going to be a little bit serious like i think they were trying to figure it out in this one i agree and, and i i don't know some of that i couldn't latch on to and and i'll bring this up the whole entire paintball work retreat oh. thing i could have done with all of that i just thought i mean i i think it's great to have a body count and i think some of those deaths were kind of fun but at the end of the day i could have done with with all of it because it, it was just so out of nowhere it had nothing to do with the story Most and also the the tone was changed like with the music it was very like pg-13 camp movie you know this army bit that was playing in the back and these really eccentric characters fight you know shooting paintballs at each other it was weird but i what- agree it takes you out it is almost like it was filmed almost later when they realized maybe they wanted to add to the death count i agree it seems like it was from a completely different and so the icing entity. on the cake with that is when he takes one of the guys and shoves his face so hard into the tree but it literally makes a smiley emoji i get it but if you're gonna do that like we okay like just What's just go in was i gotta look back i mean are you close to where that scene is rob because was it that or was it someone had carved the smiley face and the blood just was supposed to like ah okay i don't know but that is whole time i envisioned it like it was shoved into that tree stump so hard that it created a face of the person i mean just think about when homegirl died later in the mobile home and her face went into the wall (laughs) and created a figure so to me it looked like oh we're gonna push him into the tree and it's gonna create a smiley face someone please let us know because i hope to god that's not the case because that would really make a point that this was from a different movie from yeah. like a parody but is it that freddy freddy crowd blending into this now that they want to make him more on par of freddy krueger like jason can be tongue-in-cheek too he might not talk but he can nod his head this way and make a little you know a funny yeah. gesture kind of thing yeah and and I, I don't think all of this makes it a bad movie it's just a tone that i it was hard for me to really get behind because i didn't really know exactly where they were going with it and I actually do enjoy a scary Jason. I think his kills get very ridiculous going forward, but at the same time, I still see him as a terrifying figure. You know, Freddy is just a shit talker and he's fun to watch and I love the creativity in the nightmares. Does he scare me anymore? No. After the third one, I stopped being scared and I just loved how fun he was. Jason, to me, I just prefer him as a terrifying being. That, to me, is just where I get my kicks. Right. (laughs) 
as we continue on to this like summer camp tour this camp that we're visiting folks is camp forest green and this is i guess the new name of camp crystal lake is this the same camp or is it a neighborhood camp so yes the old abandoned camp crystal lake is being reopened as a kid's summer camp named Camp Forest Green. Okay, okay, so now we're at Camp Forest Green and we see these two random people in a, you know, a Volksbug come in, and it took me a while to really understand why they were there in the first place, because now I'm paying attention more as to why these people are dying when they have nothing to do with the camp or whatever, and it turns out that they are the head counselors that was going to open up this camp. I didn't realize that before, but of course you recognized our gentleman in in the vaults, but yeah, and he looked actually really good in this. Yes, movie. he did. Yes, he did. So, yeah, on our poor podcast, Fear Bias, we make a point here and there that no matter who you are, everyone has done horror <laughs> in a point in their life. This is Tony Goldwyn's, aka Ghost, aka President Fitzy, aka The Belco Experiment, aka Tarzan. This is his first Ooh. movie. This was the this was the first. Yes. Wow, and to be killed by Jason. I in- know what an honor movie but you know what i gotta say this woman was dead for one reason only because of him because she was getting out of there she was driving regardless she said i saw enough horror movies to know this is not ending well and poor woman she got sacked because she was running she was going well it's the it's the muddy thing for me like i understand not getting your car caught in the in the thing because you wouldn't have anywhere to go you would have just had to have been brave enough to hit him and of course no human being is going to hit another human being so i get it i think that these deaths made sense and she did the best she could i don't know why she thought 40 bucks was going to keep her alive but i mean her american express card (laughs) (laughs) oh that was so cute she was like take my money i just killed your man and you think i'm gonna spare you for 40 bucks like no but she tried it that's the thing she did everything she possibly could can't blame a girl for trying but don't you love how she fell into that mud hole and she was like oh my god my ankle and i'm like no that's no excuse that's where she loses her points for being a horror movie because she was ready to leave but yes i'm sorry the ankle's broken i'm dragging it through the mud as much as i can i've tripped on the ground in my day and i'm sorry my ankle while it may be deteriorating as i grow older my ankle is never going to break to the point to where i can't run like that it's i may do a little limp because i don't exercise as much but i'm not breaking an ankle over a fall like every time it never fails it's just so funny but okay so i wanted to point this out and tell me if you think this is another added thing to sort of the change in tone of this movie yes the groundskeeper he comes around and he sees that jason has an open grave he's kind of freaked out this is sort of our this is sort of our like harbinger-esque character that we get the Um, new crazy ralph the aka the i work at the cemetery at halloween in haddonfield i work there this is like the same ground no this is our double double toil and trouble groundskeeper this (laughs) scared of everything yeah but i love this scene so he's sitting there you're kind of talking to himself and he's digging the grave back in right and he's sort of talking as if he's like making fun of these dumb kids who would like dig him up this is what he says he says why did they have to go up and dig up jason and then he says some folks have a strange idea of entertainment why'd they have to go and dig up jason Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. (laughs) 
I love this line because it is so meta. Just think about it. Why did you have to dig up Jason? Some people have the craziest idea for entertainment. They're basically mocking us viewers wanting more Jason. And because as this- we, yeah, Rob, that is exactly it. Because as we stated, they wanted to go multiple times. They wanted Jason to die. We just said last week in part five. They, th- this was their attempt. They wanted to separate from Jason. But no, no. So crazy. Okay, so. And he looked, is- doesn't he look at the camera at that point too, breaking? No, he, and I watched for that. He doesn't okay. literally break the wall, but he is talking down into the grave. He he kind of is looking at the camera, but not directly. But he, he's, he's kind of being like, kids, why do you need Jason? Like, your idea for entertainment is out there. And I just love that. I was like, I think that is such a meta call out. And I love that Jason did that because I never would have thought once that Jason would be like that, you know? And, and so he I won't like even that. look, he saw the leg hanging out, which by the way, Tommy's friend fell after Jason killed him. Yes. Perfectly closing the coffin down on him. But he wasn't even gonna put the body back in. He was just, He's no. like, I'm done. Yeah, oh, no. exactly. So I do like that. Going back on, on Jason just having this incredible strength now and being able to do that. What did you think about the kills, Ryan? Did you enjoy sort of the way Ooh. that our our counselors were dying this time? Do you think it was over the top or do you think it was just right? Like this elevated dread and, and, and carnage. What did you think about? Well, there is something terrifying about an unstoppable monster, right? Someone that keeps getting up, that you could hit them, that they're basically dead already. So you can't stop this kind of person. So I do like that he gets this... Uh, the strength with the undeadness but again it gives him to the point that he is unstoppable and to a point is that does that cheapen him you know like once your villains become unstoppable that you know that it's never gonna end i don't know i mean it makes sense with this electric you know if we're believing that electricity brought back this scarecrow body that was disintegrated that he even has a mind still because you like rob said earlier he's thinking he's he's noticing things his eyes like looks at certain things and he grabs the mask he knows to put the mask back on that tommy you love that rob that tommy brought to i guess bury the whole thing but he ends up giving him the mask yeah it's kind of crazy well okay so i came to the scene with the paintball people oh and that face was not there the space for the face was there like that lighted parted like that light part of the tree and i thought when he pushed him on the tree that he went into a branch but instead he just made a happy face and i i don't know to me it didn't seem like it was there so it was really quick but i didn't see it then that is that is crazy I mean, so, it really does tell you then what movie that we're in now. But like, yeah, he's he's ripping arms off and he looks at the arm like, wow, I can't like. And so he's taking advantage of his newfound strength now. And I got to say, I really enjoyed the kills. I don't remember her name. It was either Megan or Sissy. I'm not sure. She She's the black girl. And just when we're on the subject of them, did you like these characters? I thought they were likable. So I think that these characters was a step up the the camp counselors and and our body count here's what i'll say about them i think that they are a definite step up from the victims that we got from part five i think that these characters are more fleshed out they're given a story they're given a personality i i enjoyed them 
versus part five. However, what I will say is there's something about the victims in part five that are more iconic and I can't figure out why. Maybe it's just the look or how unique they are with their sort of like mental. There's just something about them that are great. These guys, they're they're just not given a chance. It, it just it just kind of sucks. Like they're it's wrong place, wrong time, right? But I feel that they're more involved. I think the interaction with the kids, I think, elevates their characters a little bit. Yes, yes, because you see that they actually are decent people. They yeah. they want to take care of these kids and all the things like that. Yeah, I agree. The kids elevated, I believe. I I do enjoy that their friendship, their their group, and and all of that was great. I enjoyed that. And as far as their kills, I thought Sissy's was quick but amazing. I don't know, just the way that he twisted her head, I thought was done so well. It just looked, and the sound effects, I just something about that particular death just got to me it's honestly the best way to go out of all of these people that i mean there's that i don't know what that girl was i call her sleepy because she always wanted to go back to sleep (laughs) the the other counselor there that the one that was like oh sissy is playing sissy and i think you're talking about paula or she looked like a paula she looked like a paula i think you're talking (laughs) about paula or nikki i can't remember oh i should know these names because she said yes paula because she's the one with the kid okay Okay. So Paula is very sleepy, but she's very, <laughs> but she, I loved her interaction with that little girl Yeah, who I like her performance in this movie. That little she was girl our, before. she was our Caroline of, of the Friday the 13th, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> the one who knows all, sees all. <laughs> yeah, she was good. She knows what's going on. Poor girl though. This little girl having to see this boogeyman outside and can't do anything about it. Nobody believes her. That's some heavy shit to take on. Yeah, but what? What about also those two boys? This is much later under the bunk. Yeah. And they said, what were you going to be when you grow up? What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. So what were you going to be when you grew up? Like the kids did have amazing. Yeah, they knew that they were going to die. It was like, well, if we did make it out here, what did you want to do? That kid was like looking at him like, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, they were cool. So Tommy's main thing in this is, you gotta believe me, you gotta believe me, which we saw Rob last time, the sheriff that was in charge at that time, believed it was Jason when it wasn't Jason. So somewhere between then and now, Megan's father becomes, I guess, the police chief in the town. Tommy gets a few breaks, right? Like, honestly, this guy does let him off. I mean, he runs and grabs a shotgun, Rob, in the police department we have to go get him now like like for even that like they drop him off at the edge of town he keeps coming back yada 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 but the sheriff's daughter megan have you seen a thirstier girl in one of these movies okay like i was trying to be as positive as possible about this movie and hope that we never have to talk about megan megan was trash i'm sorry i don't like Megan. megan okay this is oh i just i i know i'm like a broken record i can't help myself but megan is like the epitome of privilege and entitlement it's insane how much she believes that she can get away with because her dad's the sheriff it is so annoying you have a man in jail regardless if he's hot or not you have your father and the sheriff telling you this man is dangerous yes what does she do she goes literally up to the cage and i was just like you are the dumbest girl and 
you're in charge of kids. It like she was annoying. Annoying. That's the thing. Because as viewers, we understand that Tommy's telling the truth and he's not a murderer. But this girl had no evidence otherwise but the fact that he was she was attracted to him. It was weird. And to even give like Tommy an opportunity to get the girl in a in a movie like this was also weird. And I look, it's the 80s and I totally get it. That's what sells. But I just want Tommy to get better. I mean, this is the last time that we see him in this series. And this is how we end his story. And I don't know if his mental state is better. And I hate to take this in such a serious route. But that's the thing. It's like the last thing that I care about Tommy getting is late. Like, I don't care. And (laughs) Megan is just... She she is very thirsty, but it's just the way that she kind of toys around with his business while he's there, the way she answers the phone. It just makes a mockery out of Sheriff and his authority, too. It's just weird. I'm not a fan of Megan. What do you but think? But what of her? about when she even drives him and she just and continues to have his face in her crotch? Well, you know, own that sexuality, girl. Like, oh, I, yeah, I I, it's that. nothing that, but to me, Tommy the whole time not pursuing her in that sense. If you notice, like, I enjoy that Tommy's awkward and like, oh, like, I like that he's attractive, but he's still this awkward kid that liked monster things and is now traumatized for life after what the hell happened to his mother. And like, but she was just making a joke out of everything. That's what I mean. Like this car chase and it was like a big joke to her. And meanwhile, people are dying. Yeah, thankfully, I guess eventually she's like gets the father to believe because she's like, he was with me what time (laughs) (laughs) right megan this whole time does believe in in tommy and and i i think that's wonderful but you know there isn't really any proof so i just wonder is it really because he's hot that you think it's and and also you know like even the way that they were kind of joking about it, like, oh, you have the hots for our new, like, delinquent who's in jail. It's like, I can't believe girls have conversations like this. Like, they're really into this, like, heavy-ass bad boy mentality. Well, you know, there are those people that will write to murderers in jail and wed them, so... She could just be into that. I mean... It's like a rebellion I mean, against her father. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, what a rebellious <laughs> thing to do is that if you're gonna be the daughter of a sheriff, you might as well just, like, the worst in people and just lift <laughs> them up <laughs> right <laughs> it's like thankfully for her it turned out that tommy didn't murder mass amounts of people but she Wait, had can no you imagine though, when she helped him escape can you imagine if he just like literally turned against her took her car yeah like she really took the risk and thinking that he was telling the truth the whole time i i just thought that was crazy and what about later on when tommy's locked up the sheriff is gone and i guess the deputy is in charge and she's Mm -hmm. like has that whole plan and tommy's like no no but how long does it take deputy that this dude and megan were like making out for like ever and he finally looks up and reacts and i'm like it took you this long to notice that they were kissing like dude what is happening (laughs) (laughs) like structural I think this is a cheesier movie than part five and we did say that part five was the black sheep of the family I think there's a lot of parts in there someone could be like oh come on so on that point Rob she comes up with that whole plan to throw the thing but 
the way they're talking as well, like the, the deputy says nothing and they have this whole conversation like, what are you drawing? And now all of a sudden she's nasty to him. Before she was kissing his ass five minutes ago right in front of them. But what is it to you? I mean, I know she wanted to throw the pad to him, but. I, I want to talk about Sissy and Paula. So those two, I thought hit it off really well. I love I the scenes them. that they were I together. Love, yes. The way that they were consoling the, the little girl, you know, from the scream or whatever. So just real quick, the card game this card game camp blood i want to play this game i so was bad. gonna ask i said rob is gonna see this and he's gonna find out if this is real somehow and i wish that she had continued with the rules because i was getting into it i was like oh my god how do you play she goes jacks or jason and you shuffle the deck <laughs> and you have to find him oh my so it reminded me a little bit of villainous disney villainous and you've played a couple of i know because rob he gave me this beautiful gift and it's such a fun game it is so much fun. I love it. I love it. And it it, it kind of is like that. There There is a similar villain. I think it's with Yzma where you have to kind of find somebody in these four decks, these four stacks, and you and Jason's like in one of them or whatever. This is what it kind of sounded like, but I wanted to hear the rest of the rules because it sounded so much fun. But I'll look it up and see if this is a thing. Oh, because maybe we could play this and yeah. see how it goes. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. But okay, so Paula... She she is consoling the girl. She's Sleepy. alone. Yeah. And she's talking to the little girl. And then when she lifts up, Jason is staring at her through the window. Now, I don't know about you, but in my preferable, I could see that somebody is in this window pane. This was the weirdest thing. But shadow alone, right? A shadow cast. I mean, something had a darkness. It was weird that she had no intentions of looking out the window. She was so focused on this girl. Now, this is something that I noticed and that I don't remember Jason ever doing in the previous ones or that they gave us visuals. And what I liked yes. was that Jason was walking with her as she was traveling oh, through the cabin. Yeah, You know how he was like walking with her and like looking at her through each window? I thought that was an amazing shot. I yes. liked that scene. And it showed a little bit of his sort of like strategy in ways of him stalking his people. I just, it was just the way that he did it I thought was kind of cool. I'm glad that we got to see stuff like that. And I wanted more of that. That to me is like super creepy. Instead of him just popping out of nowhere, just being at the right place at the right time. He you always know, we, is. We got to see that he really like took his time and watched her. I just thought that was cool. So I like that. We just have to give it up to Court. Court. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Court, played by Tom Fridley. Now, Court, I think, is one of the hottest guys in the series. I, I just, you know, like, I can go on and on about him, but I just, forgot he was in this movie, too. Like, I, I forgot I, the counselors. His ripped jeans, the headphones, like, the way he was talking to the boys. And can't, I just think he's fun. I just, I just like him. And, yeah, I just think Court is awesome. Court, unfortunately, with his death, reminded me a lot of Cabin in the Woods with the whole Winnebago death and, like, having the assailant in there. And so... So when him and his girlfriend are in the Winnebago and they're doing their thing, that scene was funny too. Ten I mean, more minutes. I know. Wow. Ten minutes. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. But she's driving and she's in the bathroom. I don't know what he thought she was doing in there. I would know my girlfriend well enough that she's not that kinky to just be banging on the door and doing God knows what and being like, do you need company? Like, I, w I wouldn't immediately think that somebody's attacking her, but I'd be like, she must like, she must be choking or something. Like, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't immediately 
think sexual because she just didn't seem like that girl, right? Well, you know what they're doing. They're doing that the teens only think about it has to be sex. It just yeah. has to be that automatic. And, so, and he's blasted his music so he can't hear her screaming. But he hears enough that he knows that she's doing something he yeah. might need to join. Remember when Cord's driving? You know, at first, uh, his girl was like bouncing everywhere and just couldn't keep her balance. Yeah, I was going to say, what is going to happen with this? Yeah, but can you imagine Jason being stuck in that little bathroom just wailing away trying to, you know, you wonder if he was trying to keep his balance in the bathroom or just I being wanna- shoved back and forth in between the tub and the mirror <laughs> i was thinking about that the whole time i was like what was he doing in that bathroom the whole time trying to like hold on to something <laughs> if we had known he was in there that would have been great and like even i think they would have even done that in this movie for a second yeah. like if i honestly thought magically flew through the back of the winnebago and jason pulled her i forgot yeah. that she gets taken into the bathroom so that was kind of sucky but then like he gets a knife to the head and just surprised Ugh. that you know it just happened so fast but then the car tips like i thought when the winnebago like tipped over and like skid i thought that was a great shot that was amazing because he instantly goes boom and like breaks through yeah it was really cool but you know you can't show stuff like him twirling around and getting thrown everywhere you know when the car flips over because it just shows a little bit of a weakness but him popping out like he's done now he's got to walk all the way back to camp (laughs) you took me all out of the borders and now i gotta walk all the way back too funny that was a great scene it was it was a fun scene i always like when they play the rocking music in these 80s movies with these teens and their rock and roll music what did you think about incorporating kids into this movie like did you at for once think that the kids were going to get hurt you know i honestly think for the first time that we actually get to see in this series we always know that it's just camp right i mean minus the original when we see the counselors i don't remember ever seeing children associated in the films like actually being at the camp so actually getting these children for the first time at the camp mm-hmm. i was happy because they didn't play them as annoying either like i was saying like that those kids those boys hiding under the bunk and they played them more just like these nice innocent kids which i think it added a little more threat to the thing but there was a few times i was like well jason he doesn't does he not kill kids because but at some point i guess he broke through the door at the end where the kids were staying but he had the opportunity he could have went one and one and killed all those children so i just want to say so that that little girl and that jason moment when he is literally in her face and he's bending down at her and she's just scared covering her face she doesn't know what she Uh, That was a very intense scene because we don't know his rules. We don't know his methods. We don't know if he is just some killer killing everybody in his path. If he sees a human, they die. What is his rule about kids? Does he have like a sentimental, sympathetic side to the kids because he used to be one and and be a a camper at this camp? Like, we don't know the rules, but he goes up to her and yeah, he may get distracted and decided to leave, but it's like, what, what's his, what's his... What's his rule on kids? Are they off limits or is it just too taboo meta wise that we don't kill kids in movies like this? But you just wonder, like, do we want a Jason that pick and chooses or do we want him to just be psychotic and kill everyone? I rather a thinking entity personally. Okay. What about you? Do you rather just a killing machine or would you rather someone? Look, I'm not a proprietor for kids dying in films, but at the same point, I just. 
I just wouldn't have them in the movie if they're not right. up for danger because you're trying to set a tone that, oh, the stakes are higher because now they are responsible for children. Right. And there just wasn't that there just wasn't a scene like that. Like, again, it was a great shot, but it would be different if Jason tried to go after the kid and then was unsuccessful instead of just being like, no, Jason doesn't kill kids. It to me, it doesn't fit the methos. Unless I don't, I don't know if that's the right word. Take yeah, mythos. Yep. I I don't know if that's how it's supposed to go. If they have a cosmic connection to each other that kids are off limits, then I'm I'm for that. But establish that instead of just psyching us out with this possibility that he hurts kids. Because I think adding the kids was a great way to to make it different from all the other movies. Right, right. These counselors not only have to defend themselves, but they have to take care of a group of kids on top of that. And none of them, you know, like when they burst through the, when he bursts through the door and, you know, all the kids are scared and they have to hide under the beds. Like, I thought that was a really nice touch, but the kids were never really in danger. No, because again, he had the opportunity. So I think at the end, when he burst through the door, it was just over the whole thing. Like, I don't even think it had to do with him being with the children, honestly. To me, there's something to that other than just her praying and having it go away and like a metaphor for the boogeyman. Like, I think having him that close and looking at the kid and him, yes, he was distracted. You're right, Rob. But I think there is something to that that they're trying to say something or I'm reading too much into it and no but I love that I love that if it does spark and I think if enough people really did kind of share that same sort of thought process we may have gotten more of that but I think as the series goes on it really wasn't about the story anymore it was about how over the top can we get these kills like they're kind of like back and forth with the whole sex thing like sometimes they'll have it in the movie sometimes they won't but the main thing that we want we want Jason to just keep killing and we want them to be as creative as possible you know and and i totally get that if that's what this series is supposed to be and then like we get into the supernatural aspect of it right there's this scene that i love this is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the sheriff tommy megan they're all in the in the police station and megan finds out that her friends are starting to die right and they're trying to figure out like what's going on i've captured tommy clearly he's the one doing it and megan's like when did they die tell me what time they died and he said 9 9 30 and then megan was like tommy was with me the whole time and the look on the sheriff's face was priceless i loved this look because this is the moment when you have to believe in the supernatural jason is alive he's here and now we have to deal with that. We have to accept it and deal with it. The, I just love that moment. Like Megan still didn't know that Tommy was innocent this whole time, but at this, but it's true. It's That's like, right. The whole room knows now. Tommy was with me. So whatever you got against Jason being alive, let it go. Either he's in cahoots with somebody, or you have to believe this person that has been telling you this, and it's at the area that yeah, it, it's and to further that, I do love a scene where Tommy is looking at supernatural occult books too because now we realize again how do you stop an unstoppable person that tommy brought to life we have to keep reminding everybody unfortunately yeah so how this movie ends rob is tommy has a plan that he's gonna get jason to basically be trapped under camp crystal lake he's about to get 
Megan, who's with the kids at this point at the end, and he's in a boat with a rock, which I don't know how much weight these boats can. Probably a lot. Hold, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> it, this, we're believing that this it's going to hold this supernatural force down, right? Like on a chain forever. Yeah. Well, I think the point is that even if he doesn't like stay down, at least he drowns. I think that's the point. But, you know? but even okay so even when the, the how this ends i have a question for you too he calls to jason jason i'm the one you want remember but does jason have any sense of time that you look like the tommy jarvis that i saw 30, i don't even know how long it is at this point 18 years whatever he doesn't even know that he brought him back he just knows that he awoke up and there's two men he killed one and he's chasing somebody else Tommy, I don't think he knows that you're Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> I honestly, do you think? I mean, I mean, at this point in the series and what we just saw for 90 minutes, I, I can safely assume that Jason knows or recognizes this being to being like, this is the dude that put me in this grave. And so I don't think that this movie is a complete revenge story, but I think that there is something to like, this dude's been a thorn in my fucking ass for 90 minutes and I need to get him out. That, I believe yeah i you know what and i would have like snapped megan's neck on the way over i love the fact that he's like i'm over here and jason decides to leave megan alone and go get her i'm like you could have killed her on the way because he could have just went with his machete and exactly just be done with it right but oh my god the sheriff when he dies i forgot that he died and the way that he died jesus that oh. looked painful. Megan goes all crazy at this point, and she's like, "We need to look for my father." I know what you're you gonna be doing? sorry if you don't come with me. I was I'm just like, "What? This is now yeah. you're deciding to say this." That entitlement was challenged. That I mean, mm, she just couldn't true. say, it. "Yeah." She's like, "Oh, you're not gonna do what I say now? Oh no, now we have a problem." <laughs> Now. it's over right I, I i get it so just think about it they they do this later in the series when you are battling supernatural entities usually man-made like weapons and stuff don't necessarily take them right. out there's something holding them back from passing on to the next world and usually the one thing that they are afraid of is how they die i'm sure that's not the only definition but supernatural beings especially zombies and go well, not zombies but like ghosts usually have to just think charmed um kill it before it dies yeah the chick flick one yeah they had to kill everyone in the way that they did in the movie in order for it to stick so the original way that they died holds more to that being yes. than anything else so that makes sense in in the movie world it makes sense that jason supposedly should die the way that he died originally and that's drowning and and that comes with fear and that comes with the belief that it's actually happening to him if that makes sense right jason is like right. i don't know what guns are i don't know about knives going in my head and all this stuff what i do know is that when i drowned that was the most terrifying shit and when you believe that and your mind believes that then the brain will just shut off i you know i'm no scientist but i'm just i'm just laying out my fourth grade that was amazing psychology knowledge on you <laughs> i don't know what because I'm about. that's exactly jason goes under the boat at one point and that's actually terrifying because you don't know it's so dark you don't know where jason's coming from well it's good enough that he was strong enough to even get that thing around him you know they struggled for a while i don't think that i would have survived all of those no. attempts jason grabbing at him like he got really lucky with that especially underwater with these uh anything underwater with people grabbing monsters anyway tommy manages to get 
the chain around his neck with the help. I believe Megan, she swims out to Tommy and Jason and manages to stop Jason from killing Tommy by turning the boat's propeller and sending the blades into Jason's face in mass. Yeah, that was crazy. Okay, but there's all this chunks of flesh and shit coming from underneath the boat, you know. But so is, are they saying that killed him too? Like, well, it was see, like- so that's the thing. He didn't die. He just went dormant. He went sleep. I mean, his eyes are open and clearly he didn't die. So what you'll find out when you do part seven is that he is awakened. He is in slumber. Tina awakes him. That's basically it. He never died. He just doesn't, you know, like him drowning and all that stuff. I'm just going to assume that he doesn't breathe in water, but he can withstand like, you know, when he's dormant, he's cool. So that's kind of how I took it. I don't think he died. I just think he was put to sleep. That makes it, I mean, and that's exactly what happens because as we know, this ain't the last. Yeah. But I mean, as this ending comes about and how it ends, I really don't understand the hate on part five. When you are given what we just watched in part six, what makes this copycat killer and the way that Jason was executed in this movie so horrible that compared to part six, like part five is the black sheep. Like, I don't get it. I agree. I, I really don't. Like, I get it. Tommy's hot and I get it. He was on a mission. But yeah, to but me- the other Tommy was, as we've fawned over last yeah. week, that Tommy is attractive too. So it's like, what is it? Because Tom has a following with horror. He does have the mission. He spoke more. He gave just, more to a character. But just the idea of how he even came back i get the falsehood of like oh this wasn't jason all along but like everybody's okay with him getting struck by lightning and coming back with all this like i just don't get the difference like i'm not saying that you have to like part five but like if we really want to break it down like five should just shouldn't be as hated as like manhattan or whatever like it just i don't know I i just don't see the reason why part five gets a bad rap especially with what i just saw in part six and it continues the story where it was going to and it this it makes this movie work too yeah part five because jason is dead yes as we keep saying jason was dead so it makes sense i like that they really did try i mean yes again we all wanted jason back clearly he's here but i like that it wasn't automatically jason we killed him we said he was gonna be but nope here he is i like that that they tried to at least do something and it doesn't kill jason's legacy because it adds to his mythos that people were so you know whatever with him that they'll be a cop copycat and he comes back anyway well it's so funny that you say this so this is back in the 80s and i think as we watch more horror movies that we get a sense of different ways that you know killers and and things can be executed it's funny that the entire series of scream is so appreciated as great horror movie masterpieces but Ghostface is a costume it's not a person and we're okay with the killer changing in every one of that but in jason we have an issue with this one copycat that came in came up with a brilliant plan to blame an urban legend for his revenge like i i i I don't get why we've already reviewed part five i know this is part six but i'm just saying it's like Ghostface can be different every time and i guess maybe because it was established right in the beginning that he's gonna change each time but But that's a good fluke that that actually worked out for scream i just thought over the years at least till this point in 2021 that part five would be forgiven just a little bit just a little bit that's all i'm saying but overall part Part six definitely takes a huge leap into sort of this tongue-in-cheek horror that wasn't too apparent.
apparent in in the previous ones. I think we got a lot of goofy characters up to this point, but as far as right. Jason and how they want to like do these kills and stuff, they're having fun. They're being creative. They're doing something different. I can applaud everyone on that. It's just I I I I wanted Jason to be more terrifying than slapstick. That's that's all that I can really say about that. But part six is cool. It's not the worst. I will say that. Part seven, I I think he does get that scariness back to him again. Okay. Because that's when you see him do the sleeping bag. Oh, I love like, that. Like kill. With that sleeping bag kill, I think we will possibly see that next week. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get darker. I so I but this I is, love, I but this is one of your favorites and and so I'm now, assuming you I can't like, believe it. So you like the direction that this was going. I I don't know if watching these in order if i'm just like going along with the evolution just a- along with every week you know seeing how it's doing and i'm just like yeah 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 but i had a lot of fun with it very good that's good no and i think that's really the point of these movies is that as long as you're having fun they can be great i just know jason is capable of being just that scary guy and and that's kind of what i wanted so yeah so a little trivia rob this is the last film in the franchise to use the 1975 paramount pictures logo Mm. this film features the return of jason Voorhees after being killed off in the final chapter the producers wanted to set up a new trilogy of films with a different villain for the series would you think about that would you have liked that do you think or would it just i mean i mean we're a little biased right because we all know how it goes but i can tell you right now there are some of the later sequels that you definitely don't like so do we want zombie jason this whole time or would have been interesting to see how different people will have incorporated this figure into you know killing people or whatever i don't know because i have i mean when jason goes to hell it's clear you don't like the origin of this man so maybe having a a different killer each time would have been better for you i really feel like that should be struck from canon i we'll honestly talk, think we'll Jason, talk about I that later wait. we'll talk about that later if but... for some miraculous reason i come out watching that movie and saying oh rob like i say with this you know i've been a doppelganger well okay but so so you prefer to have jason as is you don't want different killers if if they didn't go with the tommy jarvis with the last movie and like keeping it that and it went with that but he had the mask on then no i wouldn't want it to be the random killers then anymore i'd rather it just be the zombie jason okay because Tommy Jarvis is the only thing that would have made sense in the context of what they were setting up. So if he was officially, which I'm assuming they say another killer, I'm thinking it was Tommy based on how four ended, five ended, and then this, uh, they were like... Well, well, what the, well, what I think the trivia was saying was that it would be an anthology. It's a completely new story, new set of people. It's just that the killer is using Jason's figure to execute these kills. So I mean, do I we, guess. So we wouldn't get the same story. We would get different stories same killer like would you be okay with a different killer playing jason and attacking new people and then would they be called therefore jason because it's like you're saying scream like it would be ghost face because the killer yeah. would be yeah. i guess i wouldn't mind no i guess i wouldn't mind if it was done correctly okay but i like that he was the whole thing that makes jason work was he was this child that drowned and the whole thing with his whole mother i mean like it it, it links it with that like there's so much mythos with this 
this alone that to go okay well it's just the hockey mask it's not just the hockey ma- you know what okay. i mean like for so these you people, do like this backstory with yeah in, i in would i would prefer that no, that's fair i think i think what was your other trivia this is the only movie not to feature nudity was it really needed no no we got a little nipple slip from court but oh, wow. other than that yes no nudity the opening sequence has a james bond gun barrel where the camera zooms in on jason's mm-hmm. eyes yeah i definitely noticed that a survivor he uses his machete instead of the gun like the ones from the james bond gun barrel sequence so that was so much fun so Rob, where can the people find you? I have two main podcasts, Movie Geek and Proud and Brunch with the Hollowells. One is a movie podcast, while the other is a recap of the original Charm series. The, these shows can be found on most popular podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple, and also the Anchor FM app. I am on Twitter and Instagram under Brunch with the Hollowells, all one word, BWTH podcast with Movie Geek and Proud at MGN. P podcast and on Instagram movie geek and proud all one word this is the middle of our summer camp and other movie tour for week seven I am joined by uh, Drew who did the sleepaway camp review with me and we both are going to tackle Disney's heavyweights as we visit fat camp so definitely tune in this Wednesday for another episode then we are tackling Tina David will be back next week Week for Carrie the- versus Jason. Oh my god, I love it. Man, I wanted to be Tina so bad with her powers and just have the ability to just move stuff with my mind and kick Jason's ass and kick it with Bernie. We get Bernie. We get <laughs> yes, our Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Yes, I won't be on that episode, but I can't wait to hear it. So much to talk about from this one. Tina's mother. Oh my god, she annoys me. The hell? This girl. Oh, I can't wait. Anyway. Yes. And you can always reach the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, all one word, on Instagram and on YouTube. We're trying to grow that YouTube channel. So if you would love to find audio formats of the podcast, as well as little extra little videos here and there, please find us. And thank you so much, Radical Ones. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Bye-bye. Bye. He's the man behind the mask. And he's out of control. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.